This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome in to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I'm Greg Smith, your burnt-in loving, obnoxious Laker fan friend. <laughs> oh, this is Jay Foreman, your obnoxious LeBron James fan and all the way uh, uh, bootleg Hall of Fame Husker as of last year. <laughs> Listen, I don't think I've ever actually, congratulations, by the way, on what you called, not me, your yeah. bootleg Husker Hall of Fame. Right. Well, it was kind of bootleg because, uh, first of all, they sent the, the, you know, the letter to my old address, right, to the old Honeycomb hideout. So when you were actually the first person to text me okay. that morning and you were like, congratulations. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's why. I was, like, I was looking. I was like, I couldn't remember how that happened. Yeah, right, yeah, because I, like, I broke the news I was like, too. I was yeah. like, dang, well, what did I do, right? So I was like, what's up, man? What, what, congratulations about what? You was like, you in there and then you sent me the thing and I was like, dude, I didn't even know. Yeah, we got the release on that before you even saw it right. at the house. And the letter was actually dated like two months prior, so I should have known. I didn't even know about it until you told me. And then d- literally after you texted me, then everybody else must have seen it on Facebook or something. So, you know, you broke the you broke the ice. Okay. So we, we, we go way, 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 way back, right? Yeah, so, so let it be known that I, I broke <laughs> news. Um, and we good. That's all good. Well, welcome in again to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Now, this is this is... Technically, this is the first episode that people are really getting directed to, but this is our now third, third <laughs> time. Right. So this is the first one re- recording together. Everything else has been underground. Now we we above above ground now. Yeah, we're official now. <laughs> now we're official. We're right. we're in here with producer Sasha. Um, we got a, a nice little logo behind right. us. Like it feels it feels it's, official now. So it's like a a relationship that goes what Facebook official or or <laughs> Twitter official, right? But it's yeah. Facebook official. You right. don't want it to be Twitter official because it goes down in the DMs. At least that's oh, what okay. I hear. I don't know yeah, okay. anything I, about that. Well, I just figured, I mean, everybody goes to social media for, you know, that's like the Bible, you know, where right. people, oh, well, let me go check your Facebook, you know, or whatever. So I guess we're we're officially... Yeah. We are now Facebook official. This is this is right? this is the podcast where we'll talk about a little bit of everything, right? Like right. we've kind of as we have kind of been working on putting this together, and it's been a long time coming. We we really wanted to do this. Jay and I are excited to bring this guy to you guys. It's really our take on all of the things that happen in sports, um, Husker related, not Husker related, NFL, college football, golf, tennis, whatever catches our eye. Right, um, is, is what we'll end up talking about on this podcast. And there's plenty to talk about. On- the one thing I always say about sports, it's always drama field. You know, it's, it's drama filled, excuse me. But, you know, the one thing about just Husker football and football in general, it's like a modern day soap opera. You know, so like, you know, my grandma was watching like, you know, General Hospital and all that. And that's what, you know, <laughs> watching her stories. You're right. You're watching her <laughs> stories. There's always a story going on. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, even when you think about I watched the TCU against Texas. And, you know, obviously Nebraska has a little connection with J.D. Spellman. Mm-hmm. And if you remember last week, he didn't have a 
you know, he didn't have an explosive game, and then he no. only had one catch for 20 uh, yards uh, this week. So that's drama filled there because you're thinking as this season's starting to ramp up, right, and on an offensive side of the ball for Nebraska, their biggest hole when you think of it is, is the wide receivers. Yes, they got some guys coming in, and they look good in practice, and they have, you know, their bigger guys, what you think of Manning and stuff like that, but they don't have any production. Right. And so the guy that could have produced or should have produced and had the opportunity, right, or thought of had he had the opportunity is down there in, at TCU and he's not putting up numbers. So you know that eventually, if it this happens, which would be bode well for Nebraska, is it is if these receivers say like by the third or fourth game start to try to take off, mm-hmm. then you're going to be say I guarantee you somebody's going to put up the stats. Oh, that's like, coming. Like, come you know on, they you do know like that that's coming. Yeah. I, I guess I call it collage. I only post pictures of like. You know, me and my family or whatever, they'll have it there. J.D. Spellman. <laughs> J, yeah, J.D. Spellman threw four games and Omar Manning threw four oh, games. Yeah, yeah they're going to do something. Coming. Yeah. And so maybe we should do that first. So, we, you know, we got we to gotta get on it first. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. But yeah. we just told the people now that they're going to take our idea. That's all right. That's the way it usually goes, right? Yeah, usually. Yeah. That's okay. But it, that definitely is going to happen. And it's out of, like not even in a necessarily a mean-spirited way, just a comparison because it's just always going to be that natural comparison uh, when a guy leaves the program. And it doesn't have to be mean. It's, it's competition. No, it's like we're just, we're just competition, a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of anger. Some, you know, you got to be happy for him. I'm all for kids. If you want to play football, I don't care if you go play on Mars. And if it didn't work out for you at Nebraska, which I don't, See how it didn't for JD, right? Because yeah. he would have probably left with all the records, which every record, <laughs> every record, which you know, it's here nor there. It's like a, but sometimes it doesn't mean as much to, to people, somebody, right? Yeah, and you want to win or whatever, mean... but you know, the few times that I talked to him, I swear it was like talking to that wall over there, and I literally was telling him, JD, if you just stick it out for six more months, which mm-hmm. generally that's what the football season is, you can not only write yourself a ticket for a legacy. Before a lifetime. Um, and just wasn't ready, you know, just was kind of bouncing off, you know, it was kind of like playing ping pong against yourself, you know, you don't want to get, <laughs> but you know <laughs> what? He's, he, deep down, he's a good kid, misunderstood. And, you know, you wish him all the best. You wish he was still here, but it's not going to happen. Now, now sticking in the Big 12, we're going to get to this first topic because each week um, we're going to go through and have we'll have a couple of staple segments uh, in the show. The first one will always be what we're going to call Coach Speak, uh, <laughs> where we basically t- go through something that somebody said. It doesn't always have to be a coach um, and tell you what they actually meant. Coach Speak to Real Talk. So the, the first one that, that we're going to go over, it comes in and we're going to do a little double dip uh, here with some old friends. Like I said, sticking in the Big 12 uh, with Texas and Oklahoma. Um, the Sooners are now 0-2 and unranked for the first time this century, which is, yeah, is nuts when you say it out year. loud. Yeah. Um, and Coach Lincoln Riley said this after the game, quote, I know nobody wants to hear it right now, but we're close. We're probably even closer than we think we are. <laughs> That's like... Uh, what does that mean? That, well, that means he's trying to... It's like somebody going on and pee on you telling you it's raining. <laughs> when, they, when a coach tries to tell you we're close and we're cl- even closer than we think we are, you're actually farther <laughs> right, than you ever thought away. you would be. Yeah. Because every coach and every player has went through two days and went through spring ball in a normal year, and you go in and you can kind of project when the offense is going to take off, when the defense is going to take off. And Lincoln Riley, every year, pulls up to, you know, you know one sooner drive and, and knows or thinks that no matter who plays for him, regardless if it's, if it's Rattler you know, you know, Jalen Hurts or anybody like that, 
they're going to be able to score 40-some points, mm-hmm. right? And they're just going to be able to make enough plays on defense to be, you know, formidable and, you know, run through the Big 12. Well, that's not happening anymore. And, that, and this is also a, a good thing in college football, but then also it's a bad thing for Oklahoma because when you show a chink in your armor – of the main staple of what you're known for. Like, remember, he, he was supposed to be the Dallas Cowboys coach. It was all for – Yeah, he right? could have left if he, he wanted left, to. didn't feel right? like he really wanted to offense, go take that job. Yeah. I'm sure he's probably th- – well, Dallas is horrible. But, yeah, they're not uh, good, you so. know, when you show a chink in your armor like that, mm-hmm. it's like you show all your bad warts and there's going to be teams that are coming attacking it. And it's been something that's kind of been brewing – over the last couple of years, because you got to think the way Alabama beat them down when Kyler Murray was there mm-hmm. the year before, Kansas State is, is beat them, you know, beat them up physically. Yeah, they're two climbing is two and zero against two and zero right? against them. So the, you, you know your your playbook on how to beat Oklahoma is out there, and so as as close as he thinks he is, he's actually really far because even the guys on, like their DBs like Bookie and stuff like he does not look good, but he's playing just because of longevity and he's too small. He's like a man without a position. And so you, your defense was actually supposed to be a little bit better this year just because of experience. Yeah. I know they lost Murray and all that, but Oklahoma is two or three deep at every position. They're, they're, and they're they not- should be based on you know their recruiting profile and how, the guys that they bring in even on defense too. Right. Because remember they made a big deal when Alex, Alex Grinch came in and took over the defensive sure. coordinator spot. The big deal was twofold. One, he's a better defensive coordinator, so we're going to get this thing figured out. We're going to actually pay attention to defense, and we're going to change the type of guys that we recruit on defense and get right. some guys that are a little more physical, a little more nasty on defense, and we're going to really get this thing going. We're going to marry that with the offense, right. and we're going get a national championship contender a legitimate one out here and that has not that has not gone it's actually on so went the far. other way because they yeah, can't run so. the ball effectively which means that they can't throw the ball effectively and when you have a young quarterback regardless if he was a you know five-star recruit coming out of you know high school you know he's barely six feet tall number one okay so and he's not kyler murray fast no kyler murray he's, is, he's Ky- next Ky- level kyler athletic. murray is like <laughs> stupid Quick and fast, mm-hmm. and he's a fun, I mean, he's a world class athlete. Yeah. You know, professional in baseball and, and obviously in football. When you have that, and you and, and you have a young quarterback, if you can't run the run the football, you might be able to throw for some yards, but they're kind of like those dummy yards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, he's going to make mistakes, and he's going to make big mistakes, and that's what you saw, you know, at the end of the game against uh, Iowa State. Because when you go from a high school quarterback or high school offense, you only see one or two coverages. Right. Now what teams are doing, they're actually calling coverages so you could call the play so they can make the play, you know, later in the game. They're actually – and it sounds weird that you're giving up yards in, say, the second or third quarter to stop it in the, you know, end of the third quarter and fourth quarter. But that's what happens. And, you know, quarterback play is something that Oklahoma's offense is predicated on. Um, they have to play really, really at a high level. He's not there yet, so once you don't have that ability to outscore somebody, and you got to play small ball, I call it four minute type of offense ball, and they are it's a recipe for disaster. And luckily enough, you know the only other team that can actually match them and do that it would be Oklahoma State, but they have Mike Gundy, and he'll find a way to lose. Yeah, they will. He'll, he'll always find they a way. Always to, find a he'll way find to a way to lose when yeah. when they should be, they were talking about them in the final four, right? In Oklahoma, and it, it feels it, like they always lose that game. I don't know what the actual he, record they is. They always but it feels lose like that. Oklahoma State loses that game, and they're game. always up. Yeah. They'll be up by eleven points, six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and end up losing by four because they, you know, obviously, 
you know, they'll give up, you know, touchdown and a, and a two point conversion. Right. And I guess in the, and the other, the other side of this equation um, of this whole Oklahoma situation is their hated rival, Texas right. finds himself in a similar situation where they lost to an unranked team, TCU. Uh, like we started off the show talking about this weekend, they're sitting at one and one. And after their game, Tom Herman said, um, quote, we can't continue to beat ourselves the way that we have these last two weeks and expect to win many more ball games. That's on me to get them ready and find a way to make sure that we don't beat ourselves. <laughs> well, I mean, what he said is exactly true, but – I don't know how I don't know who their sports information director is. You should, you should have got gave him five more minutes because when you say a quote like that, you're essentially writing your your fire death, yeah, death like- certificate. <laughs> well, we don't have any discipline. We turn the ball over too much and we make too many big mistakes and it's on me. So that means you just said those three major things and you signed off on it. So yeah, you gave you, it all all the ammunition. All right the there. ammunition, just push play. It's almost like you do you remember when Bo Pelini got interviewed? I don't know who it was, and he's like, I don't think long term, I just think right now. Yeah. It, that's a death sentence. And sometimes and we've had plenty of those here in Nebraska. Sure. The um which now that they all run together, was it iCourse that said um that I had to evaluate at the end of the day yeah. where Iowa was. Right. Um all of those and we types brought in of Mike Riley. Yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Like those come back to haunt you. And that is and I'm glad you mentioned that because that is the first thing I thought of too when I read this Tom Herman statement is is that he basically just gave all of the reasons to why it hasn't been working yeah. for him at Texas. And people can't, it's hard to, at least for me as a college football fan, as somebody who obviously writes about and observes it is I can never figure out why Texas is not better than they are. But then he just told you right. it's the discipline. It's all of the little stuff because when you show up as Texas, you should in most cases, except for maybe when you play Oklahoma, because they've been out recruiting them, you're going yeah. to have better athletes on the field. You have outside of the football field, you have all the money in the world, right? All you the have money. all the world-class facilities, every fan support, all of it, but they can't find a way to, to really take that step yeah. forward. And I think that it is that discipline. And it's going to be real interesting to me to see what happens with Texas this year. If let's say, okay, let's say, because they play each other this week, what we were going to is Oklahoma and Texas play each other this week, Red River Shootout. It's the most interested in that game I've yeah. been in years yeah. uh, because whoever loses this game is it's effectively over. done for the, for rest the of season. The year. Yeah. And if it's Texas that loses this game, that hot seat is hot. Oh, hot. It's burning. And what do you do in the age of COVID with coaches and trying to yeah. fight? Because he has a – 21 think, million. Yeah, 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 yeah three it's years, three, three years, years left yeah. and 21 million he on that He just got deal. a new contract. Just got it. Yeah. So if you're Texas, who has all the money in the world, are they going to be immune to wanting to get rid of guys and pay that buyout? Or will they even clutch the purse strings a little bit more – knowing that, you know, we're in some unprecedented times and it's going to be real hard to pay that big buyout. But at the same time, they want to win, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know. That's going to be interesting kind of going forward with them. And it's it's a huge game because on the other side, the Oklahoma goes 0-3. That's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to look up and it would have been like 1917 would be the last That's time that Oklahoma 0 was 0-3 yeah. or something like that, um, which is not good. Right, yeah. I, I mean, obviously Lincoln Riley won't be on any type of hot seat. But for Herman, if I was Texas, I probably wouldn't pull the plug on him that quick because I would like to see how he finished the season. Because see how he bounced back, how he bounced like back, this, and and you have to always like pause when you if you're an athletic director or a president, whoever's making this like you know decision, is because there is no 
like guarantee that Texas is going to beat Oklahoma if they are the better team. When you play a rivalry game, rival a rival in a game like that, all bets are off. Right. It's like Florida State, Miami upset, you know, or, or, or Colorado, Colorado State, or you know, think of those like deep rooted rival rivalry games. It's uh, it's something that you can't do because unless there's a blowout, you know, where you get just blown smooth out the out this out the game. Then you might have to pull the plug on him, but I think with Tom Herman, he's done enough to get a new contract over here recently. And the money factor—that's a lot of money yeah. to still owe him. Now, if he doesn't finish on a high note, you know, for the rest of the year and play well, I guess in their you know bowl game is obviously assuming that they'll finish out the season next year. He will be on the hot seat, and if he starts out like if this is next year, two thousand, you know, twenty-one, he's gone after you know three weeks you yeah. can see him being fired yeah and it's, it's tough I'm, I'm i kind of lean your way especially with the with kind of the unprecedented time is that you just have to you do have to exercise some patience everything is a little weird right right um but man i i you know how hungry they are to right. turn this around and the prop part of the problem is going to be the same thing that we saw last year with usc which is why yeah. i thought they were going to fire clay helton <laughs> is you have the big dog is sitting out there right? right the only guy that i think can really go toe-to-toe with saving on a consistent basis is out there Urban Meyer right. is out here living Chilling. good on the BT, but, on BTN. But he's got a good stuff. gig, though, man. He does have a good gig, and he's good at that too. Like he's, he's, he's actually he's, a lot. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't think he would be good at that, but he's very good at like all like being an analyst and breaking down all of the plays and everything like that. And it really shamed me for thinking that because he's one of the greatest coaches ever. Um, but he's got a good job. He's phenomenal. But they're gonna try to go get him he, if they it, can. He's phenomenal on TV, and this is one thing that people don't understand about coaches. Even if a coach is a crappy coach, they are a tight-knit community. Nebraska went through this, even when they fired Frank Solich. Coaches didn't want to come here because he got fired after winning nine games. Bo Pelini, they yep. talk. So just think if you're a coach, right? And I, I'm assuming Urban Meyer, he's, he's tight with Herman, though. Yeah, he's you know? so, him. So they talk, they're probably talking offline right now, right? So you got to think that he, is he going to go down there after they fired his boy during, say, like COVID and – Take that job because one, you know, like I said, they're a tight knit community. It's almost like you know dating somebody's ex girlfriend or yeah. something. So That's then, very you, small fraternity, very small fraternity. <clears throat> then for another coach, say you're trying to hire, who knows who to come in there. He's not. I wouldn't say scared, but he's going to be apprehensive because they just saw you fire somebody in unprecedented times. No spring ball, and kind of like a so so type of two a day schedule. Yeah. You know, and With an abbreviated schedule, abbreviated schedule and all the protocols, all protocols yeah. and you can't really coach and you can't really get in there and do stuff. You had to go two or three weeks without any contact. It'd be very hard for Texas to pull off a big hire, a Texas type of hire. And that's the only thing. The only way that you can there's only two people Texas can really hire from here on out. Urban Meyer and if you Nick Saban, that's it. And if you're going to go to Nick Saban, you're going to have to get that man like 10, 11, 12 million dollars a year. So can I tell my my like wild conspiracy theory hot take on the whole Nick Saban and Texas thing? Remember a few years ago um, when he was like, strongly entertaining that job, and it might have been when Herman took it when he yeah, ended up. There, at, there was the there was a lot of talk. It was, there yeah. was a lot of talk about that, and I thought Nick Saban actually was really honest about why he didn't take it. Um, and I can't remember what venue he was in when he said this, but he said that if he had been younger, he would have considered yes. it more because he just did not want to go through the whole overhaul of a program right. um, because he had Alabama up and running. So I really think that. 
that's absolutely a job that Nick Saban, you know, when he say he when he took the Alabama job, right. if that Texas job was up, like he would have taken that then. Oh yeah. Um, but it's just and it's just so hard because you're the like Nick Saban is in such a great position, and this is not like like he did not luck into this by any stretch no. of imagination. He created this at Alabama, but. It, it almost is it's at the point where it's just self-sustaining, right? Where they all believe it's in everything key. that he says. He goes out on recruiting trail, locks down number one classes almost every year. Right. He gets these guys in. He has a system to then break them down after he comes after they come into the program. Um, they've got uh, older guys already in the program to model that behavior, and then they go out and win ten games again. Yeah. They're competing in the playoff. Like it's just it's, it's turnkey. Rinse and repeat every yeah, year. It's turnkey. They they they. Uh, Reload instead of rebuild, and and They're doing it again right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he, and Alabama's not going to let him go. I mean, it, if Texas want him, they're going to have to come in with like stupid money. Where Nick Saban, be like, look, man, I I can't turn down fourteen million dollars. <laughs> right, that's game dude. And then like Miss Terry would, would just be mad at me, right? But yeah, <laughs> so, but you know, I mean, that's their only options after Herman. Um, I'd like to think that they would give him the rest of this year and next year to turn around, and he would, and, and he should be man enough as he was when he kind of told on himself, you know, in that quote, to really understand where he's at, where losing to TCU, even though TCU is a top, in my opinion, always a top 15 program. Yeah, they're always a program that even though they were unranked coming into the game, they're always a team that you don't really want to see. Like, no. there's certain ones, a certain and you don't want to see them, at, you don't see them down in Dallas either. Coach. Yeah, it's just a, always a, a tough team, even when they're a little down. Right. Um, they're still a team that's going to give you a fight. All the They're, they're always going to have – Big physical athletes. They're always going to have guys on defense get drafted. Um, and, you know, I mean, they just had a corner this year got drafted really high. And they're always going to kind of be able to score points. And they do it kind of funny. Some years they have a good running back. And then some years they just throw it all around the map, you know, all around the field. But a lot of the TCU kids were probably turned down by Texas. Yeah, it gives and, you that edge. Yeah, right? so, I mean, if you think about it, you got like – Texas Tech, that's kind of like the bottom, right? They mm-hmm. they never got a sniff from like even, you know, a Texas A and M or Texas. The TCU kids probably wanted to go to one of those two, but got turned down. So they mm-hmm. playing extra harder. Right. I mean, they're playing like they want to show. They, they got yeah. that little brother mentality, and so for Texas to go down there and get beat, I'm not really surprised. Um, I'm surprised that Texas has continued in the second week to play like they did in week one. Yeah, the mistakes. It's the, it's the penalties. The, the penalties, penalties and the turnovers. And the turnovers, and the, turnovers the lack of discipline. Those are things like, okay, the first week, you get it. Everybody's excited, and that's what you expect. Mm-hmm. You know, you cover high school sports. You see a lot of missed tackles, turnovers, uh, you know, procedure penalties. That's fine. But then to double down on it right. the next week, you only can assume is that it wasn't addressed in practice and in the meeting. So it, it's something that uh, Tom Herman needs to write, write because you, even though Oklahoma is 0-2, they're a dangerous 0-2, and I can promise you Lincoln Riley is going to have them boys ready to play. Absolutely. And they're, and they're going to put on a, the best performance that, that they've had up to date against Texas because they're going to be – even though they're 0-2, Texas is 1-1, it's still 0-0, and they're going to be playing. And, and, and I think it's going to be an exciting game. Yeah, that's, it should be a lot of fun um, to see that play, to see that all play out, because um, there should be some desperation out there. Oh, you're, you're going to see some trick plays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they I, I can guarantee you, they're going back to plays that might have worked against, you know, a defensive coordinator that on their staff or an offensive coordinator from years past. They're, they're, they have to run trick plays. They got to go for broke. Because if you're 0-2, what's the point? Okay, if you're 0-2, what's the difference between 0-2 and 0-3? You barely have a chance. You, you're on your last – you're on thin ice. 
you got to yeah. go for it. Let it all out. There. Let it all out there. Now, it's interesting. As we switch gears here, let's break that down. And we teased this. If you go back and listen to that kind of episode zero that we put out last week, we, we kind of teased that there'd be more Husker information this sure. week um, to talk about. Boy, there was plenty. I feel like we got overran <laughs> with information as we got to talk to uh, the, the offensive coordinator, right. the defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. We heard from Scott Frost. We heard that. the tight ends coach. Yeah. We heard, we heard from everybody. JoJo Dorman on yeah, there. JoJo was yeah. out there. Deontay Williams. We heard of a whole host of players. Jack Stoll, um, Cam Jurgens. We got right. to talk to for the first time. He had a bit of a big article, well. and then they, mm-hmm. you know, the Husker, you know, social media has done a really good job of, you know, they're throwing, they're showing a lot of like highlights from practice. Yeah, they've done a nice job with they've, that. They've they've taken it up a notch, and yeah. so. It, it, it feels like the season is is the season is upon here. us, right? It's like uh, it's like when you get the countdown. To, I know I count down to Thanksgiving because I know it's rubber dub dub less grub time. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it, it's it's about to be. I think college football has been kind of. I wouldn't say. I mean, because there's been some big games. You know, Georgia played. You know, against Auburn this week. So there's been some big games. I, I'm and, and I'll say this, and I'll keep moving on. That Tennessee Volunteers team. They for real. They're starting to look like it. I feel hey, like we need to start paying attention start to what Jeremy Pruitt has right. got going on. But I think it's a, I think that all the games up to now, even though there's been exciting games and there's been some upsets, and I think the Iowa State game was a great game, yep. great atmosphere for the limited you know amount of you know crowd crowd fair. I uh, think the whole college football season is going to get started. In a couple of weeks, when the Big Ten and everybody's playing, yeah, when and, everybody is and back, everybody is like playing. It, yeah. And you know Nebraska, drew, you know they they drew the silver bullets. That's what the Ohio State Buckeyes call themselves. You know, especially yeah. that defense. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. But we got a lot of Husker information. Got to see some faces, yeah, which is good. See them talk, and so you can kind of you know put it all together. And you know, I think that they're you know Shenander had a really good quote where they say, "Look, you know, they we, I want to coach football, and these kids want to play." And he said, "Look, we in order to be the best, we got to play against the best. We got to beat them." Yeah, I thought that that was really good too. Um, and I think it's the right tone that you want to hear from the coaching staff and especially the players. I always, sure. I like that the players were even more um, hammering that message home. Um, and one of the other things that Chenander also introduced to everybody, and so did Deontay Williams. I think Deontay Williams said it first, and then Chenander talked about it. Was the uh, the word energy? And yeah. how that's become kind of the rallying cry for this offseason. And I thought that this was very well put that they essentially have to kind of create, they have to create their own energy oh, yeah. because they know that they won't have the benefit of the large crowd of Memorial Stadium. Sure. They, you know, when you go on the road in the Big Ten, you're playing in almost all big stadiums as well. So you got some juice in the crowd there. And it was actually offensive coordinator Matt Lubick who had a really good quote on this too. He said it about the crowd um, and the energy you feed off with those guys. He says, quote, it helps us in a way where kind of hurts the team in general sometimes with your energy uh, we're lucky that we have here the best fan base in college football when our crowd is going nuts our players feed off of that we have a tremendous home field advantage so that's the definite downside of not having that sure and so I honestly it is weird I had not in all the talk about getting these games going and the protocols and like we're excited to talk to people this past week I had not thought about this until they said it this week that it's going to be really strange for the guys now to have to play in 
and it's not going to be completely empty because you can have like they're going. They haven't said how many, but yeah. some friends and family right. are going to be there. You're going to really find out where you stand there, right? Yeah, like was it right? You can yeah. find out how how close of a friend right. and family am I uh, if I could get one of these like four tickets. Um, sorry, Grandma. Like it's going to be tough. Um, but how? What do you think that's going to be like for them trying to get? Because you already have situations like say an eleven o'clock game when there are fans is totally different in there versus a night kickoff. Sure, like so then how how are they going to operate within that, and what can They're you draw gonna, yeah. on to be able to get that going? Well, I mean, the best thing about it is you're going to find out who's internally motivated football player and who's actually very very competitive. That's what you're going to find out because it, you know, I. You know, I'll go around and speak a little bit to teams, and I talk to, you know, I coach, you know, youth, and I said, I, I tell them this, look, when we play games, all we're doing is showing everybody how we practice. That's it. That's all you – that's all – that really when you think about when you really want to break this down and peel it back to the bare bones. When you play – when you go out there on Saturday, all you're doing is showing everybody what you did and do in practice. That's why practice is so important. Right. Now, granted, the crowd and everything, you get you feed off it. But at the end of the day – at the end of the day, when we used to go on the road, after the second quarter, the crowd ain't going to help you. Because I'm here to do one thing and one thing only, and that's tear your behind up. So you got to be able to match it. You got to be able to You got to be able to match it and then some. So it's going to, you know, I, I would like to see our team or our, our, our staff simulate it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Get them up on a Saturday. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And have 11 o'clock practice and have a full-on scrimmage. So they're not so they're not going on the road to Ohio State in in shock because I'm gonna tell you right now Ohio State they're gonna be motivated you ain't gotta worry about them playing with energy no Ever. they got a they have a legitimate national championship aspiration but right? but their players and their and their culture is already built that way right. they already have very competitive practices they're very physical so it's just gonna be just like another day to them so when you're playing against a team that's already where you're at physically and mentally. You have to be able to do things prior, so when you get there, you know you're not down thirty-eight nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they 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 know they got to watch the game from last year. They got to know they got to first get the courage to step up to the challenge, right. right? And look at and really look at. Don't close your eyes when you're watching that beat down. Take it all in. Go out there and practice, and not forget about it. Motivate you to do better, and not just play to not get blown out. Play to win. Right. And they're in. You know, the difference between playing not to get blown out and playing to win is probably like the the, the, the width of this line. Yep. And it's just you have to go out there and not be afraid to mistake or make mistakes, but you got to go out there and let it all hang out. And so they have to go out there and not be tentative. And the only way to do that is simulate it during the week, prior week. So when you're showing up to the game, it's just like second nature, you know, hopefully second nature. But it's going to play a big factor. And you see it a lot. I mean, if there's a team, you're going back to Tom Herman. If you saw how they played in the first week, you can t- you know that they were going to show up the next week playing against that was going to be a question mark whether they were going to be really motivated. They weren't even motivated in week one. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're playing against a team that you're superior coaching, you know, athletic ability, roster, quarterback play. You got one of the better quarterbacks in the whole nation, right. you know, that put up big numbers, and you're going down to the wire in week one and then you're losing in week two against, a, against you, know, d- you know, a somewhat local guy, Max Duggan, mm-hmm. yep. that just got – you know, okay to play. Right. He didn't even play in week one. Right. Yeah, so you got a guy it, that just came from, you know, probably playing PlayStation 4 or 5 or whatever you got. The 5's not out yet. I'm You're trying right, to get or, that. Okay, 4, you, my bad. Yeah. So, you know, playing PlayStation 4 and just came out and just started 
doing work on you and ran through. I can guarantee if you line Max Duggan on on the goal line against every single Texas linebacker and DB, there's no way in the world he'd finish. And if there was 20 of them, that he would be faster than four of those guys. But he ran for 20-some yards right up the middle of your defense. That's lack of motivation, discipline, and like you said, energy. So the good thing for Nebraska is that they're all rallying, you know, behind it. And they actually needed more energy. Yeah, they, that, they, that's the thing. Is that, they always, that, that was something that they needed to play with consistently. Anyway, because you could see it during games is that it dips. Like, you kind of have that time where, you know, everybody gets fired up for the tunnel walk. You come out there and your energy is high. And as soon as that first punch is thrown, they just it drops, right. right? And that's something that – I. I think they needed to work on either right. way. Like you said, I think whether or not they were selling out Memorial Stadium or they had nobody in there, it was just them and the crickets, like they needed to have a better sense of energy and sustained energy throughout games. I definitely right. agree with that. Well, and the way you can simulate it and practice is really stop practice. Okay, all right, look, sudden change. Get out there. Don't let them drink. Don't let them get too comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So if you always do like your group work at the beginning of practice, Oh no, you're going at the end. We're warming up and we're getting right after it. Because that's how you got you got to you got to really shock the system for these kids. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not used to or they're too used to doing the same thing. Right. Oh, we're going through group work. All right, we're gonna go seven on seven. Now we're gonna go one on ones. Okay, we get a water break. Special teams, do you know, two, you know, inside, outside run, blitz period. See you. Oh no. Right. Let's go blitz period, one on ones, good on good, and then get the group work at the end. I wonder, you know what I also I wonder though, if You've, you're more prone this year and this offseason to fall into those habits and routines because you had to go so long sure. without hitting Yeah, that you also fall prey to that and you fall into a pattern. That would be a, a very good question for Scott the next time we talk to him, I assume, next Thursday or this coming Thursday, we're recording this on a Monday, um, about how if they've decided to mess, to mess with the variation of their routine. I think they are practicing in the stadium, and we talked about the right. social media videos. Um, yeah, uh, at yeah. least one of those was in the stadium. Sure. I, I was reading um, over the weekend that Ohio State is doing the same sure. thing, that they, they went out and did that in their stadium too. Um, and I think Ryan Day said afterwards that it was more so so they could get used to playing in the big empty stadium right. um, so they knew what was going on. But I, I really like your idea of we're going to do a Saturday practice. If you're in Nebraska, we're going to do a Saturday practice, and we're going to go out there at 11 a.m. We're just going to simulate going out and doing right. a hard scrimmage or simulate a game yeah. so that you get used to what this is going to be like. Because I, I would even take it this far. I'd run the tunnel walk. I'd do it all. Oh, yeah. Because then you do all that stuff. We shoot off one firework. We don't be wasteful. We shoot off one firework. <laughs> and then we go out there and play because the difference between blasting the music and getting fired up and then going out there and it feeling like a library right. is going to be very different. different. That is going to be a shock. And I'm not playing no – there is no – no, no, no hip hop or nothing during practice. We straight. Yeah, in that we, case, we're, going we're just going to do this yeah. is prison football right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We getting after it, man. I mean, you have to do it because Nebraska's in a unique position. You, you've been getting your head beat in for, beat in for two years. Mm-hmm. You have a tremendous opportunity. Not only if, you know if they beat Ohio State. Right, say they did the first week. They don't got to do nothing for the rest of the season. I mean, that's to be honest. <laughs> Hang your hat on that one week. <laughs> if they beat Ohio State, they hoping COVID comes back, the season's over, they're the national yeah. champions, right? But it, you have a unique opportunity to not only show well against Ohio State, show well the next week against your rival, which I think in a lot of people's minds would be the upset. I don't think beating Wisconsin would be the upset. But then finishing out the season strong and leading right into – 
spring ball and really having a legitimate program and everything else. So it's you, you have everything there. It's all set there for the – like the table is set. Yep. Nebraska's just got to eat, and they have to – you can't – there is no excuses. You can't say, oh, well, you know, we didn't have this. We didn't have – look, everybody's playing with with the same deck of cards. There is no – there's no jokers out there. Nobody's got an advantage. Actually, Nebraska probably has more of an advantage than everybody else. Now you have to be able to step up to the plate and take advantage of the advantage that you have. And it's no different than beating the teams that you're supposed to. But now we got to go then some. Yeah. Let's beat the teams we were supposed to, and then beat a team that we're t- we had we've had trouble with in the last few years, and that's Iowa, Wisconsin, throw in Penn State. Penn State. And, one and, of, one of those I'm with I, because I think that and this was my and we've talked about this person just a bunch off pod is my issue with all of the kind of complaining about the schedule, right? Because I view, I just, just personally, the way that I, I behave, I view everything as an opportunity, even as something that's tough, right. how are we going to get busy with this thing and make it work? So when this schedule comes out, yeah, it's tough. It sucks. Right. It sucks. You got to play some tough teams out of the gate. You got to be ready to go. But like you said, on the flip side of that, this is a season for Nebraska to build momentum. If you want to, it, it was going to be before all of this in the pandemic, it was going to be a season to show and prove the improvements that Frost and those guys had been talking about and right. wanting to make. This is now your three in the lab with Zach Duvall, all of that. Now, though, it shifts a little bit to where it's just us showing um, that, that we can get some momentum going into the next real full season, right? Sure. And so the way that you do that is – is you don't go get blown out at Ohio State. You possibly beat them, but you have to you have to show well. You know what the difference is. Yeah, it's yeah. not a this is not that vague. You know the difference between say two years ago when they played Ohio State um, and Ohio hung State. in there at Ohio there. State versus what happened last year. Like right. there's just a huge difference in those. And then really the rest of those games they are not toss ups, but They're they close. are more they are more attainable than what I think people realize just because of how poorly Nebraska has played just if we really boil it down if you take penalties and special teams and you get that corrected or if you take um, creating turnovers by Nebraska's defense which they haven't done well in special teams I'm gonna keep harp on special teams uh, you'll notice the theme then they can be they can win a lot more of these games right Right. that's how you stop losing these games randomly to indiana and purdue and that sort of thing so nebraska can do this but the big thing is is you want to be able to start to win some of those games so that for 2021 you hit the ground running you well first of all you go to the offseason program with a lot of confidence because confidence has been something that's been missing it's something that they try and project but when the rubber meets the road when you get out there in games you can see that they're not always the most confident group you want to start to build that confidence from games not just the weight room and the hype in the offseason yeah the weight room sets you up for success what you have to – and it's it's all they say, you know, the chicken and the egg type of thing. You get confidence by, you know, going out there and doing it and doing it over and over and over. You know, and that, I mean, when you look at Alabama's like, – like I always look at their offensive line, Alabama and Iowa. The reason why they're so good in, in college is because they do the same thing over. and So then it looks better. And you have to change the way you practice as well. You 50-50 balls should always be – you got to have a winner and loser in practice. I'm not letting you catch a ball – because it's an offensive period right. that you're not getting anybody better. So you got to really up the competitive nature of practice. You got to become more physical because once you do that, then it becomes like second nature. That's why teams like Ohio State and you watched Alabama this weekend, 
and you watch if you watch Tennessee and you watch how they tackled and you watch the energy and the speed that they played with, yeah. it's how they practice. They right. just don't show. I mean, the problem that we I think we have had we have two things in Nebraska over the last like ten years. One is leadership because I think we tried to anoint our best players to be leaders and they actually made them more individualized. So when they left, they didn't leave a legacy. You know what I'm saying? So everybody got on Tommy Armstrong by, you know, I would say he looked like Daryl LaMonica just dropping back and throwing out the screen, right? <laughs> right. Who do you learn that from? Taylor Martinez. Right. Right. So the legacy that was left, you just do whatever you want. You don't, there's no repercussions for it. There's no discipline. You're not going to lose it. You're going to keep playing and playing and playing. Right. So then why would as a, as a younger player see that, change any habits right? right so and then another thing is i think we've been we've kind of morphed into this schedule watchers and try to find the easiest way Too to success it's almost like whether, <laughs> whether you want to call it the you know the, the 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 new age youth or whatever you want to call them generation you know x or whatever you want to call these you know whatever you want to call it we've all we've morphed into let's see how we can get the easiest way to indianapolis and we deserve it Right. We deserve to get an easy route. Why would we? Why do you think that Nebraska deserves some sort of easy route? We're new to the Big Ten, or we're new at you know at certain times. We haven't won anything. We haven't even won a game except for the the time that we beat Ohio State uh, when the quarterback got hurt here when it was raining and everybody left and Bo Pelini was like <laughs> that was know, the first time. The, the, yeah, right. The, the, when Bo Pelini went went crazy after the game, which was a great game. It was pretty much it Levante David won that game, right? Yeah. Um, we haven't won anything. We haven't beat anybody. That you know what I'm saying. So why would we have an easy route? We're not even legacy. You know what I'm saying. We're new. We kind of opted in, and now we want the same treatment as everybody else has been here before and helped build the you know the conference. So we might have to tow, you know, the hard road. And so until we're until we prove that we're willing to break through that wall and tow the hard road without crying about it and complaining. They're going to keep doing more. They're going to keep – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to put Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, Minnesota, put them all five in <laughs> That's a row. That's next year's question. Yeah, right but in you a know row. What the thing, but the thing I, I, I've been thinking about through this whole, like, thing about the schedule, and you're talking about kind of like people want them to just have an easier road. Would it have mattered if they gave Nebraska an easier no. road? And by that I mean – all the all the roads feel hard when you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? right? And so, and that's why I always come back to you. And you said this earlier, and I said it too about winning the games that you're quote unquote supposed to win. Because how we talked about like Texas, how when they show up, they're on paper better than a lot of right. teams. When Nebraska shows up, they are better on paper, recruiting average wise. Right. I've done the numbers than every team in the Big Ten West, including Wisconsin. Sure, most every team in the East, save yeah. for Ohio. State and Penn, Penn State. State. Michigan is kind of teetering Peterson, on that line right. because Nebraska actually under Scott Frost has out-recruited Michigan one year. They out-recruited Penn State one year. So right. it all kind of goes back and forth, which is totally fine, and they can continue to take step steps up from there. Um, but if they could ever take care of the teams they're supposed to and then start to take swings at teams like Ohio State and sure. Penn State, um, Michigan, uh, who have Wisconsin, who have had more established programs here recently, right. that's the formula. That's how you get it to where we look up and you see the schedule, and you don't think it's so daunting because all of a sudden that game against Northwestern doesn't feel like it's going to be a dogfight anymore, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like when Penn State gets 
their schedule. They're not looking at, oh, man, you know, it's tough. We got a, a game Purdue coming to town. Like, people don't think that. Like, it's just not the way that that works. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's not that's even... the way they have to start taking care of business. And then I promise you it'll feel like these schedules are easier. Right. When, in fact, they're the same, your team is just better. Right. And you got to think of, like, why would Purdue be scared of Nebraska? Why would Illinois be scared of Nebraska? Right. Why would – Minnesota be, I guess, quote unquote, scared. You're, and then if they're those three teams aren't scared, you know, Ohio State ain't really right. going out there and thinking like, man, these boys are going to give us a run, right? Right. And are, they came in, and so many what we've kind of seen through the first what ten years of Nebraska in the Big Ten is not only are they not afraid of Nebraska, they also take some joy. And beating Nebraska. Right, yeah. And part of that, part of it is, is a little bit of Nebraska's doing, and part of it is is wanting to beat the new kid on the block, um, even if it's not as new. But part of it is is I still think that there's a little bit of jealousy there, especially, like, say, from Iowa, yeah. where they don't quite understand why Nebraska gets so much attention and there's right. so much going on. Um, and so there's a lot going on there, and that's why, it, like, to me, Nebraska just needs to punch back in a lot right. of those situations. Yeah, and then that's been, I mean, even if you don't look at the last two years with Frost, Riley, Bo Pelini, when they played teams that I call it bite back, we just kind of just quit, you know, and like withered. We get up by, I'm not, I never forget when under Bo Pelini, uh, I think Taylor was, Taylor Martinez was the quarterback. They were up 21 nothing. As soon as Ohio State tied the game up, it was like something like 50 something straight unanswered points. So that let me know that when the competition gets thick and gets tough, it's not there. What you have not created a culture to do it. You know that was the game that Papushas, you know, called the game when they were up twenty-one nothing. Or yep. and then, or Bo Pelini supposedly did. And once they start losing, he just hey, here you go, dude. You know, <laughs> I'm down by twenty-one. So it it just gets to the point that where sooner or later, Nebraska is just going to have to like take the leap of faith and do it. And there's no no time like the present because one thing I'll, I'll say is if you take Fields away, and I don't really necessarily believe the Minnesota quarterback is all that. So what other team has a better quarterback coming back on paper or media hype than us? Right. And that's that to and me. And that's what really separates teams. And that to me is Nebraska's season. If right. we really, really boil it down and we get oversimplistic, to me the biggest like, and it's not even a wild card. It's just basically the biggest factor in Nebraska season is which version of Adrian Martinez do you get? Do you get the version that takes a step from his freshman year because in theory we should not be like hey let's get the freshman Adrian it shouldn't even be that that's right. not right either like it should be like he's the baseline is what we saw freshman year and then he takes a couple of steps forward because he's a right. true junior now and he's got more starting experience or do you see the sophomore slump Adrian if you see the version that like Verdusco and Frost think they have then it completely changes it everything, changes the whole right? Season. It changes it, everything yeah. because when you have a dynamic quarterback and you saw it in stretches in that first year, even when games, when they were losing some of those close games, and that was a lot of penalties. Remember back right. that first year, they were just so bad um, with penalties and, and then turnovers too. Um, a dynamic quarterback completely changes everything, which is what – this system is kind of built on, like, I know that they, and it's funny to me because, like, I know Verduzco likes to say, well, the quarterback is just one part of it, but it's, I don't think it's any coincidence that they've always had dynamic quarterbacks. They're not out here trying to get, like, they're not Wisconsin right, trying yeah. to have just a caretaker or Iowa yeah. that just goes out there. You just go hand the ball off to your star running back. That's not how they run that, right? So I think that you need a dynamic quarterback that's making correct, quick decisions because the offensive scheme schemes guys open. Right. And so if you're making those quick decisions correctly, 
then it's really hard to stop this offense. You just didn't see see that last year. Right. And then you start to get injuries on top of that. Right. Well, if your offense is more consistent, then it makes your defense better. Right. Then in turn – They can make, play a lot freer, and that's really how this defense is built, built too, as a to complement to this offense. But then yeah. that makes your special teams that much better. Yep. But when you're not producing on offense, it's kind of like a trickle-down effect. So it's not just – Adrian scoring points or big runs is him just playing a position, playing quarterback, pitch and catch, hit the open guy, make the right reads, use the clock properly, aka mm-hmm. Iowa game. Yeah, the Iowa game. On okay, the these are things that you, you you can't do. The mental lapse. Quarterback is one position that you can't. Quarterback and middle linebacker, you cannot be if you're not you ha, if you're not playing well. The one thing you have to do is you got to be mentally on it. Right. And there's too many times where it's mentally he looked like he was on, on at another game. It wasn't even him. So once they get, if he gets that, um, I think also it, that will allow them to to develop more depth with McCaffrey uh, if, if they use Smothers. Whereas you know they get that free year, but you know ideally they'd be up enough to where you can get these guys some real game reps. Then you're you know you don't have to worry about the injury concerns. Because right now, he, as much as everybody loves McCaffrey, and I'll I'll admit he's he's in my opinion earned you know, a series or two, you know, legit, you, you still don't know. No, because it, it's only been, what, 12 passes? 12 passes. He's not the lead dog because once you – and people it's don't understand. Different. <laughs> it's different when you come in as a backup and do your thing versus people's, you know, game plan. For, and that's what happened to Adrian last year. People went in the offseason and said, okay, well, okay, Devine's gone, Stanley Morgan's gone. Okay, let's see what he does well. Let's see what he doesn't do well. And looked at the things that he didn't do well or what – uh, could potentially have success against them, and it really confused them last year. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Now, hey, to, to wrap up this show, we, we want to go through another segment. We <laughs> talked off top about the segments that we'll have. One of them, and it's, I think it's going to end up being my favorite segment. I'm just going to put that out there now. We call it Put Them On Blast. Put Them On Blast. <laughs> Um, and we'll go ahead and we'll go through each week. It's, it's a, it can be a wide range of situations that we go through um, that basically is somebody that needs to be put on blast. And my first one is one that I promise I will not make a habit out of calling out high school kids' parents uh, because it is a little weird when, when you do right. that. But I don't know if you guys heard about this situation. Jake Garcia, he's a four-star quarterback. He was out in California. He's actually a four-star kid committed to, to USC, USC, okay, which I think is important in this. It's not a kid that's just trying to get on um, and find some sort of scholarship out there because he thinks he should be able to play college football. He has moved to Georgia <laughs> to be able to play high school football, and it gets crazier because he moved to Georgia, but the rules in Georgia high school football basically made it to where his parents needed to separate. They need to get a divorce so that they could then he could then be eligible to play. Now, his parents got, quote-unquote, divorced. He moved down there with his dad. He actually played in the team's first game. Then their second game, he played well, too. Uh, threw for 332 and two touchdowns in that first game. They won. Their second game got canceled to COVID precautions. And then the bleep hit the fan yeah. because dad went on ESPN to and then basically put themselves on blast about how they got into this situation, telling everybody that the parents basically divorced so that their son could go play one last season of college football. And he even admitted – that him and his wife were going to reconcile after his son's senior season. If that and is now <laughs> and now and now the Georgia High School, uh, the State High School Athletic Association, 
came back to look at the situation and ruled them ineligible. They said, hold on, player. Yeah, okay. like they said, wait a second. This hold is on, not player. the spirit of the rule right. that we now, by the letter of the rule, it is correct. The right. household is broken. They've, he's moved down. But, like, no, that's that. we know what you were actually trying to do. I can't believe – like, I just honestly can't believe that somebody had the audacity to pull this off. Right. I don't even know how that conversation – all three of us are married, me, you, and, and Sasha. I don't know how that conversation would go, you know. Hey, uh, hey, honey. Yeah, look, you know, yeah, Junior's got to play some football. This is the only I, way he can play. What do you think? I can't see any woman be like, yeah, cool, man. Kick me to the curb for a little while. I'm going to stay out here in California while you two knuckleheads go to Georgia. Then it don't work out. Oh, you know, women got memories like elephants. They could, he's going to hear about this probably to the day he dies. Do you remember when you made that dumb decision? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. I have so many follow-up questions for them as just as a couple because I want to know, was this his idea? I just don't believe that this was her idea. It no, doesn't it feel like it was. Um, and so Sasha's taking her head. No, she knows. So, like, I, I, it's just crazy to me that it would have it would have worked. Had he not, and he actually, he didn't just go on some like, he went on ESPN and and bragged about this. And so I just don't understand, to me, two things. One, I want to know about how the conversation got started, because it's crazy. And then two, like, why why was this so important to do, given he's already a four-star kid that's committed to USC? So not only is he, like, going to play college football, he's going to a quarterback factory. He's going to one of the best places in the country to to be a quarterback. So with a long quarterback history. So why why are we doing this? Why do we even do all this? Only thing I could think of is maybe he was trying to get some looks from SEC teams, you know, maybe like a you know, Georgia. Like in his mind, he really was kind of. If I go down there and light it up, I'm gonna, you know, be you know, be a Georgia recruit or something like that. That's the only thing I can think of. But the best question I I think the question I'd ask him, I would like, Hey, can you two reenact this conversation? So we can all go home and try it. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 but then also take them aside and take the, you know, the dumb dad just running his mouth, right? Because they always say women gossip. Obviously, no, men, it's men. Men, men are the gossip. worst. We're men, worse. We're, we're worse, we're, right? We're worse. We're worse. I, the, the state of Georgia, what kind of rule is that? You only can come down here if your parents are divorced and you've now, got see, a broken home. I mean, that's like Georgia saying, how dare you make fun of our backwoods Georgia type of rule? And go on TV and tell everybody how stupid we are. So now, guess what we're going to do? We're going to discipline you. But see, this is the thing, though, too, because we saw, did we see we saw this a little bit locally, right? Where right. teams because OPS is not playing high school football, and there have been people that have tried to transfer, and they were and, like, they're, and they're denied, like yeah. they couldn't do it. There's been a couple that it's been able to work, and I'm not even 100 percent sure how those work because one of the things that immediately came up, I remember when OPS made that decision, is is okay? Are you guys going to relax the transfer rules? And they, they like, really nah, have it. Nah, no, we're gonna, <laughs> we, really we, we got you hijacked. You staying right here. Which is also, which again is weird. If you want to really be about the the betterment and the well being of you know young student athletes, then if they really want to go, you just let them go. Um, except for if you want to move across the country and your parents are going to fake a divorce, say they're going to get back together just so their son could play quarterback down right. in Georgia. That's crazy. To yeah, me. that's crazy. Um, I. I when you sent me the article, I did have to stop. I pulled over and started laughing just because I'm just trying to think how that conversation went. And it's not only the first conversation, because, you know, if to get a decision, you got to come two or three times. You yeah. Know and it's a, one of those things where we got to we have to <laughs> we have to launch a whole plan. Right. To be able to like do this, something like this. And it then is, you're going to. And then you just come in there like if this is like an office. 
And, like, we're really going to go through with it just so you can play six games of high school football? Because in his case, even if he wanted to get extra looks, he could just done done seven on seven. That's the other thing that I don't understand is, so, okay, you're right. So he's not an uh, an offensive guard where, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for him to really show anything. Like, California has seven on seven. Right. I'm sure he plays on some good seven on seven team in California. So he would have still been able to, as a quarterback, continue to get looks like that. He could have went to one of those of quarterback day. quarterback gurus. They right. just put out a tape. That they so, all live in California. They all live like in California anyway. anyways. Or he could have just stuck with this pledge like it seems like he will right. to USC and, and be okay. And, play, like, and I think they're starting up high school football in California in like January. Yeah, they right. are playing in January. But he probably is a quarterback. I'm sure he's an early enrollee, so he probably won't. Okay, well but then. like even that, my whole thing is – what I would have done in his situation, a parent situation, is you're going to continue working um, like seven on seven with a right. quarterback guru, that sort of thing. You'll continue to stay up on your schoolwork so that you can continue to make sure you graduate early, and then you just go to SC early. Right. I, like, I there's have, no need for you. You don't need to. We don't need to do all of this and orchestrate all of this for you to be able. to I play wonder if his dad just wanted to be the dad of the number one, you know, a number, a top ranked quarterback one more year. It had, it's got to be something. It's because crazy. it can't be that you wanted to play six games. Six games? We gotta, I mean, because if you play six games in high school, four of them you're probably going to blow them out, right? Yeah. So you're going to really play two, I call them white-knuckle games in high school, and then I guess the playoffs. Knowing, you know, knowing, you know they might lose the first game. So it really can't, it can't – it has to be something off-the-wall reason because it's probably one of the dumbest things I think I've heard you know, this is crazy in, when you just think about it. I, we need we might need more info. Also, I totally forgot this. That there's a Husker tie there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there is. Um, his dad is Randy Garcia, who played here in the seventies. Oh, come on, <laughs> man! You make my neck cramp up, man. <laughs> See, I'm just saying. Right. I, there is a Husker there tie is. there. I, man. Well, what a crazy if, story. If, Randy, if I see Randy, you better hope I ain't drink, been I just drinking. Got seven, if, if you see him, I need you to call me because I have oh, we, so many questions. If I see Randy, I will tell you. I will have him on the on the breakdown live on Instagram. I will video it, and, and I'll have Sasha break it down because I'm going to ask him some questions. You are now live. And we got to figure this out, <laughs> we man. We got to figure yeah. it out. So, so who are who are you putting on blast? This I'm week? putting two people on blast. Mainly one, and it's if you haven't heard, Jalen Ramsey and Golden Showtime Tate <laughs> had the, probably the best. You can look at UFC and boxing; they probably had the best fight in the last two months <laughs> after a football game. So they didn't play sixty minutes of hard nosed football, and them two met at, at, at you know a lot of times. I'll tell you this: when you're in a game. I'll tell I probably have told in realistic 50 different players, I'll meet you after the game. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll so meet it's you. just kind of a common thing. We just added to the Like if you meet. like if you cut block me from behind, oh yeah, we I'm meet me after the game. Okay. I'm coming to your locker room. Very rarely do you see guys go at it in the middle of the field, especially with no fans, and just throwing haymakers. Yep. Now the backstory is Golden Tate, uh obviously a great receiver in my opinion, you know, yep. from Notre Dame, obviously played in Seattle. Philly, now he's with the Giants, has a sister. I think she ran track at Ole Miss uh, down in Tennessee, has two children by Jalen Ramsey. One, they were together. Okay. Or, or, always get it. Well the, the, well, the first one, they were together. Early, yeah. You know, it ended his Florida State career early in his, you know, Jacksonville career. Yeah. He got her pregnant again, right? Yep. And they still were together. Then he ran into like an Instagram model, oh, no. right? Oh, no. And kicked and kicked uh, Showtime Tate's sister to the curb, 
And now he's with the Instagram model and got had a kid with her. Probably maybe, you know, maybe cross-reference that maybe they, you know, pregnant at the same time. And Golden Tate is, is not only hurt, sister's hurt. That's his sister, yeah, man. Yeah, now we got to fight. Right. See, that's, that's how we get there. And Golden okay. Tate, a man of his word, he said even when it happened, oh, I, oh, he he knows he's got to come see me. So I, I just want to know, and I'm only putting him on blast because Jalen Ramsey, come on, player. Like, I'm going to tell you like this. There's a rule in the NFL locker room. You don't mess with another teammate's or, you know, opponent's sister or yeah. family. You don't – you know what I'm saying? That's just what you don't – and if you do, you better lock that down because yeah, you, 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 you better be actually for, stay married stay and be, and be yeah, with yeah, it because yeah. when it doesn't work out, yeah. you're in some trouble. It's like with uh, Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas' sister. I like, didn't say you know the remi- it reminds me of Paul George yeah, and, and Callie Doc, Rivers. And yeah. Doc Rivers, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm surprised. I like I and and then Kawhi said he wanted him. I'm like, oh, hold on now. Yeah, right? that whole situation. Yeah, those situations get right. Messy, so yeah. you know, and so you know, Golden Tate told him, "You're gonna have to see me." So after the game was over, they went at it, and they went at it like some bulls too. And they and it was, I mean, even your boy Nick Gates was up in there. <laughs> You know, trying to play referee, but hey, the same shout out to Nick Gates. Nick who also Gates, tried I tell to fight, you, Nick who also tried to fight Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, Donald pushed. Hey, did you see Aaron Donald? I'm scared push, right now, just right. thinking. About it. But why did Aaron Donald push him in his in his helmet? And then Nick Gates must have said something like, "Why are you doing?" So then he took the two fingers and then poked him in his eye. Do that right? Did the old Bubba Baker right from the from the Cleveland Browns on it? But I would tell you this from back to Showtime Tate. I'm only putting him on blast because Jalen Ramsey, you just way out there and you sloppy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You, can't do you that. just out there. And but I I give it to Jalen Ramsey he brought the funk to Golden Tate so that probably was sitting in it you know yeah, he didn't back down he didn't back down but you should have known it was coming and I'm guessing you know so and then they said that Jalen Ramsey won a round two at the locker room so I'm gonna tell you this I'm waiting for round three I might even have to if they play somewhere close <laughs> you gonna try to get in there oh I got to go see that man because I'm gonna tell you right now they're gonna go at it yeah it'll it, when you think about Josh Norman. And 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 Bryant when they when he was with the uh, when he was with the Panthers and oh, who was it Michael Crabtree and, oh Michael Crabtree uh, the guy got when he got his chain snatched you got <laughs> chain it was it was personal uh, keep to leave okay. who it, that was <laughs> it's personal man and these are and these are the things that when you think of Joey Porter fighting the guy in Las Vegas Levi Jones yep. right. Down there in Vegas, it takes a lot to fight. Like it's funny, it, uh, what it hit me because we remember these ones that happen because they don't happen all often, that often. Right. Yeah, so like you like you said, personal. you start off, you know, fifty guys you've been told throughout right. your career that you want to fight, but it right. really and don't I, actually no, work right. out that way. Right. So it you ain't know never it gonna means go something when right. you actually. And then do. also, like when you fight in practice, it's over by the time you get in the locker room. Yeah, because it's generally you just laugh about it, or you you know you kind of just move on from it, and in a couple of days you kind of. You know, men, the fences. This ain't over. They're gonna be fighting each other at sixty years old. Remember when they, they had the video of Joe Cap fighting the other dude <laughs> up in Canada? Or like, you remember when Shannon Sharp uh, was talking when he was with the Broncos? He was talking junk to uh, one of the guys on the Chiefs about you know they were dating a, a, a stripper and stuff like that, and and they got in his head. And I mean, guys, it's personal, man. When you when you either mess with somebody's girl or you in this case you mess over your somebody's yeah. little sister. Yeah, it'll always end up bubbling back up. It's bubbling back up. So I'm gonna have to, I had to put my man. I like Jalen Ramsey. I like the way he plays. But man, <laughs> he should have known it was coming. He should have. He should have known it was coming. And you should have known Golden Tate ain't no punk. And he cock strong. Yeah. 
Yep, that's that's. I mean, I think that's a that's a great place to leave it uh, for this week. It has been a very fun, lively first real episode right. of the Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Uh, subscribe to this podcast everywhere that you can listen to them. Uh, rate us, review us, leave us a five star review. If you only leave us four stars, I'm inclined to think you're a hater, and you do not want that. Uh, make sure that you are checking out all the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, uh, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hale Varsity radio show and we will catch you next time.